let's move on because I don't want to. I don't want to imagine myself being squished under your roof. I, right I don't want to imagine you being squished <laughs> under my roof either. It'll be fine. No worries. <laughs> Start the timer. Welcome to the Location Indie Podcast, the behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, no-holds-barred look at the realities of the location-independent lifestyle from two guys who are living that lifestyle. I'm Trav, and one thing I'm not sure about is whether that wall I just knocked down was load-bearing or not. I am Jason. We're the co-founders of the community, Location Indie. You can learn more at locationindie.com. Trav... You keep touting this room in your house that you're redoing. By the way, location independent, we, we're both working from home lately, which is one of the benefits. We haven't taken our show on the road for, for a little while. Travis just got back on uh, from a long trip. If you've been listening, you know. But you know, you keep touting this, this room as like our potential guest room, yet you also keep saying that you don't know if the wall you just knocked down is going to keep the roof up or well, not. That's so, why it's for guests and not for myself. Are you trying to kill me off, man? It's just I, like I've, I've been touting to be it right here on the podcast in case anything happens. Yeah, well, I've been touting it as uh, as uh, sometimes the Glitvold Moore Suite, which is which is your family. It could be called the Location Indie Suite for anyone who's coming through uh, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. But we're taking the third floor of our house, which has been sitting kind of as storage. It's like a halfway finished attic, and we're finishing it, making it into a, a nice little guest bedroom there. But yeah, Jay, I'm not sure. I got some differing opinions, which is going to kind of go into the theme of today's show as well, but I got differing opinions from a lot of people about whether this wall was load-bearing or not, and I thought it was a cut-and-dry answer. You know, I I don't know anything about building, construction, how anything's made, or, or whatever. I am pretty good at demo, though. I do like knocking down stuff, and I thought, all right, I'll just ask a few people who know, and it'll be like, everyone's like, yeah, of course that's load-bearing, don't take it down, or no, that's not load-bearing, don't take it down. Or, no, that's not load-bearing. Go ahead and take it down. Well, we asked like six people, and it was split 3-3. And I thought, how is this possible? Why is this just not a cut-and-dry answer? Turns out, you know, when a house is built before 1850, they use different architectural principles. No one really, you know, was around back then to know how they built it. So three people said, I wouldn't take it down. I highly suggest against doing it. Three people was like, oh, yeah, you'll be totally fine. So I decided, well... I want to take it down. So I took it down. Man, um, you got more guts than I do because I would not feel comfortable sleeping under a roof that had a load-bearing wall removed. But, you know... Uh, to be fair, uh, all right, let's when, put it this way. I'm 70% sure it's not load-bearing. Um, okay, great. And it that's was Heather's... Enough, that's not a high enough percentage for me. Still. Well, we'll put you up there. We'll put you, your wife, and your baby on the second floor, and they'll be okay. Okay. that's Just that's get some uh, life insurance, and we'll I'm be I'm just right. imagining myself like doing the cartoon character thing where I fall through the, the floor, and like it's just like my body shape cut out, you know, and I, I fall through like multiple floors in your house. Unfortunately, in reality... That's not exactly how it would go down. I would just get squished like a bug. But uh, you know, anyway, let's move on because I don't want to. I don't want to imagine myself being squished under your roof. I, right I don't want to imagine you being squished <laughs> under my roof either. It'll be fine. No worries. As as my buddy told me, well, you'll find out if it's load bearing the first time you get five feet of snow on your roof. I'm like, okay, well, then yeah. we'll see. So you just gotta yeah. come after that. Everyone who wants to stay over and hang out in the third floor suite. Um, but point is. I thought it would be a sure thing. 
This seemed like a no-brainer. Yes or no answer. A lot of the stuff we talk about, Jay, building online businesses and all this kind of stuff, they're you know, it seems to me a lot more abstract. And and it is a lot more abstract, or, or I thought it'd be more abstract and not as cut and dry. But we had it usually at the end of the Location Need podcast, we do an Inside LI segment where we feature a person or something or chatter that's going on in the forums. It's, it's interesting. We highlight something to get you thinking, to, to show you what's happening inside the community. But we wanted to lead off the show with it today because this was such an intriguing question. And we figured... This could be a whole show in and of itself, and, and it will be. And this was the question that Siegfried asked just a couple days ago. And he said, if you needed a sure thing, sure thing in quotes, what would you do? And to, and to give you a little bit, bit of background, he says, long story short, I've driven myself absolutely crazy trying to make some online income, starting a blog, trying Amazon FBA, teaching English online, trying to get my writing published, and nothing seems to give me a realistic amount of income or really the promise of one. And he goes in this situation, he said, the question is, if you need a sure thing for location independence, or just a very realistic option, even if it meant taking courses or building a new skill set, what route would you go down? What path would you take? And this to me, so I juicy. mean, this is a great, so juicy. it's a great question. I want to throw it out to anyone listening. If you want to tweet us at pack of peanuts at zero to travel, give us your thoughts as well, because not to be a spoiler, Jay, but there is no right answer. Really, there's no one answer. Let's say there's a lot of right answers, but there's no. This is the only answer. So let us know. We're going to give. We're going to give you the right answer right after this commercial break. Just kidding. Don't you hate when they do that? They're like, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. Like they do that on the news all the time. They're like, hey, we're going to tell you this thing that's going to kill you, and like you better watch out because your whole family's in danger. Right after this commercial break, you're like, what? If it's that important, why don't you tell me now? Well, this is an important topic because I know there are a lot of people out there, uh, some in our community, uh, us included, that have gone through different stages in our business building. Other people, like maybe you that's listening right now, maybe you've gone through this in the past, or you're going through it now. Yeah, this falls of the under the umbrella of sort of like, hey, I'm trying to decide what to do, and I don't want to waste my time or money, essentially. Right. Yeah. And you want to get started like we always preach getting started. But to get started, you want to make sure you're starting on down the right path. And so to that, I say, well, it's more important to get started than picking the like the quote unquote right path because your path is going to change. But you still don't just want to dive into the very first thing. It, it You want to think through it a little bit. Yeah. I love that Siegfried put it out there. By the way, you guys met up recently in London. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, it was, he was great. traveling. You were traveling, and well, just had he's a living there. His girlfriend's British, and they're living there. But he's trying to be location independent because, yeah, and this is a common problem with with a lot of people. If you're a traveler, you meet someone, maybe you fall in love, and you know they're from a different part of the world. Jay, you know this very well, and so you think, well, I can't be tied to a, a location, and neither can they. Like we want, to, or one of you can, but the other can't. You know, so um, same situation as you, Jay. Yeah. Okay, Trav. Well, there's a couple places I want to start with this. And I mean, I'm just going to get the ball rolling on this huge question. If you needed a sure thing, what would you do? So powerful. I love that he put it out there. Um, I'm going to take an abstract approach first. And I'm going to say, here's the closest thing maybe to a sure thing. Assuming you can have the fortitude and the the never die attitude and it's something Travis and I preach all the time in the community and around the community and and uh, you know a lot of people that we work with they feel the same way it's this whole idea of betting on yourself right 
in some way, shape, or form. Now, I know that's a little bit of an abstract answer. I can give some actual examples, some things that I think that I've seen as far as trends that I think are pretty close to shore things in terms of like being able to get work and stuff like that. But it doesn't matter if you are uh, the best at what you do and you don't have certain skills and you don't get those certain skills without just diving in and starting and doing some things. And by doing that, you're betting on yourself rather than taking the control out of your hands and into, uh, say, a company. Like I'm reading this book now, The Nordic Theory of Everything, which is really interesting because... uh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. By this Finnish woman who is living in America and she's giving all these perspectives from the American side that she's been able to see, you know, how, how they see the Nordic countries, how they do things and why they're actually misconceptions and they're seeing it the wrong way. There are just so many interesting things around it. And one of the things that she talks about, which is totally true, I mean, it's it's not anything I didn't realize before, is just how dependent Americans are on a company to take care of them because of the healthcare costs and all of the issues around that. I think that's probably one of the number one things that keep people tied to a job is like, well, if I don't have this company, then how am I going to take care of myself and my family because of healthcare and it's so expensive and it's such a basic thing, but for some reason we can't get it 100% right to the point where people can actually afford it and it's it's not this big stressful situation. Consequently, you're again a slave you can become a slave to these companies because it's like how are you going to be able to live your life in this way? And this is leading to something with betting on yourself because I want to hear your thoughts on on betting on yourself, Trav. But I think when you start taking the chances on yourself, you start to develop certain skills and you go along, you grow as a person. It's not happening all at once. This is more like a plate of spaghetti than it is like a linear journey, you know? And ultimately, if I, I really believe if you just do it and you educate yourself and you really try and you never give up, ultimately, at some point, you will land on something that works. Right. One, I think, too, I, I see I've hung out with Siegfried. I've seen it myself and you and in, and most people that we've we've come in contact with that the belief in themselves is there a lot of times, you know, or at least it comes. And I, I think there are a lot of people who are willing to bet on themselves. But then they get to this situation where Siegfried's in where he's like, I am betting on myself. I'm trying and now I don't know like the actual nuts and bolts and the specifics. And and I think that's that's a good place to be in because you've kind of gotten past the first hurdle of saying, all right, I'm going to make this what I'm doing with my life. I just don't know. Like this is going to be the path of my life. I just don't know how I'm going to get there. And uh, and there were some really good comments in, in the Location E Forum. This highlights just the the amount of knowledge in there. And um and and I think this is basically the best answer that I have when it comes to, okay, what is the most sure thing? And Jeremy, who we've talked about, who we've highlighted, who's, who's become location independent and whose story is amazing, uh, was one of the first to respond. And he said, you know, the first thing I can think of when you say a sure thing is going and, and the quickest and the easiest to set up is finding a skill that you have and then trading time for money off in the beginning, right? And yeah. again, this is... We, That's we, what we... 
that's what we preach. That's what we preach. That, like, that was where I was going to go on the actual practical side. Yeah, so it is that, that you you get you get a skill that you have and you start using it as a service. It's not where you want to be in the end. The end is where is you know you you have these products and they sell themselves. Whether you're actually at work or whether you're swimming in a pool or whether you're traveling, whatever. But in the beginning, you're probably going to trade some time for money, and that, and that's what Greg brought up as well in this thread. Is you know the most sure thing is selling your time for money based on what you already know, and that's a great way to put it. And so if you're someone who's sitting there and then Siegfried came back and said, yeah, but I just graduated. I'm not sure um, what my skill set is. You know, I, I'm a decent writer and this and that, but I'm not sure what it is. So so you've got like a few layers of problems, right? First is figuring it out, um, what it is. And you say, okay, uh, selling a service. And then the, the advice that we give, Jay, and that we've seen work for a lot of people is if someone doesn't know what their skill set is, or they don't know what to, you know, which idea to pick, or they don't have any ideas because typically you either have too many or you don't have enough, and you're like, I don't have any skills, right? That's what we hear a lot. Those three things is to just sit down, actually take some time to think, right? Like imagine that, not on your phone, not on your computer, not doing anything else, and just start brainstorming. And we always ask people to write down the three things, and if there's more, that's great. The three things that people come and ask them for help with right and that's gonna like you have some skills that you might never know existed right you're like you you've done it people come to ask for help and you don't understand and then we have them write down three hobbies or five hobbies uh start with three that you like so write down the things that people come and ask you for help with and then write down your hobbies that's gonna help give you a good cross-section of what you like your hobbies and what you actually have a skill or what you're good at the people that ask you for and if those kind of intersect Great. Now you have something that you can start building on. Yeah. If you go back into the archives in this podcast, we did a four-part series that's also based on something we teach in the community called the Lifestyle Launch Series. And it gives the process of picking a skill, you know, putting it out, like who to who to reach out to, how to create an offer and everything like that. And I mean, on the practical side, I guess... Let me just wrap up the abstract side because I, I, maybe it wasn't confusing because I see that where you went with this. Um, when I said betting on yourself, I guess what I should have concluded with was the fact that, you know, to alleviate alleviate some of uh, Siegfried's anxiety and other people that are out there that are doing this and struggling, you're taking a real long term view, and it's really hard to do in the moment because uh, it's messy and sometimes things aren't working. But if you're if you just think about the really long term picture view and if you know I want to travel, I don't want to work for anybody, I want to make this work, and you are committed to that whole idea, then it it will happen. It just might not be happening right away. So more of that just trying to embrace that long term view if you get stressed is kind of where I was going with that. Trav, one of the big things I think and and what we saw Jeremy do uh, when he created his service and put it out there was the putting it out there part. You know, all of the ideas and the debating and everything like that, it doesn't mean crap because you don't know what's going to happen until you actually start interacting with the real world. And you have to put yourself out there in that way, whatever that is. So if you're saying, hey, I'm going to be a freelance writer, I'm going to get some clients as a freelance writer, that's a great idea. But now you actually have to create, say, for example, 
a target spreadsheet of 100 different contacts and email them individually. Use the our Occupy inbox technique. You know, send them a, a personal video. I mean, you have to start reaching out to people, connecting with people, finding potential clients. Dare I say the word hustle, which is way overused, especially in this space. But just putting yourself out there and actually interacting with other people and seeing where it goes because organically, uh, it's going to work or it's not. And if it's not, you're going to find out sooner or later, the sooner you put it out there. And if it starts working, you're also going to get ide- other ideas along the way. Other doors are going to open up. You're going to think about other services you can provide and so on and so forth. You right. have to put I, it out there. As you mentioned, Jeremy, who now does podcast editing full-time, was able to leave his job and become location independent because he's doing podcast editing. Never even thought, like, that's not what he started with. He thought that he was going, you know, he had an audio editing background, but never assumed a that he could do stuff with podcast editing. He was looking to do stuff with photography and and thought that was going to become his location-independent income stream. And then lo and behold, now he started with a podcast editing because there's more money there and he was able to get off the ground quicker and things like that. So I think, as we said, the most sure thing you can do is selling your skills as a service. And the way to do that, take take that little checklist, go through, write down the three things, then write down your uh, three things people ask you for help with, then write down your three hobbies, and then start validating your idea and see how you can do it. And just like you said, Jay, putting it out there to friends and family and asking who might need help with this and getting a few people. And we, we you never want to do, st- I don't want to say you never want to do stuff for free, but in the beginning, you might you might do a little bit for free to get some case studies and then start selling your service. And, and again, most people who are just starting out don't need to make a ton of money right away. And that's the key as well. Because A, either traveling really cheap, they're living in a really cheap location, which can help their house sitting around the world. So they're not paying for accommodations. They're still at their regular job or they have income coming in from a different job that they haven't left yet, all that kind of stuff. So that's a big thing too, um, is to make sure that you're not you're not strapping yourself in and saying, I need to make 10K a month right away. That's going to be really hard to, to Dude, there's no sure thing I could tell you to say, hey, you could start this right now and do it. But um, I, I did want to throw out some ideas, though, like because we say some skills and stuff like that. So I do want to throw out some ideas and skills that could be more of sure things or things that we have seen work just to get people's brain flowing. Yeah. Well, I'll use I'll I'll start with a personal example, and I'll I'll actually throw something else in quick, just an actual profession because part of Siegfried question Siegfried's question was. You know, even if I have to develop a new skill or something, Trav, I don't think I know anybody who's who codes or knows coding that doesn't that's looking for work or lacks for work. I'm not saying go out and become a coder, but you know there are professions like that where I think they're in very high demand, and that's just you know paying attention and and being aware stuff that not everybody can do. That's can be difficult to learn, of course. Like I mean, the more difficult something is to learn, the more. And, and I'm not going to throw out a bunch of professions, but I just kind of wanted to put well, that out there. I, I think one of the things I do want to throw out is a bunch of professions, not professions, okay. but skill sets or, or skill ideas sets, yeah. that we have. Because in in this thread, um, Greg gave a really good example, and he said, "Hey, Side Hustle Nation, which is another podcast which, which I listen to, which we like." Um, it has a list of 99 side hustle businesses and he linked to that and not all of those location independent, but it's just cool. Like I love lists and I love seeing that because it's just everything from being a dog walker to being a, a event DJ or, or a furniture making like, you know, it's all these different things that like some of them, most of them won't work for you, but all you need is one or two or three things to get the ball rolling that will. 
And one of the things that struck me recently that I think is really easy to get into and you can make a lot of money off of um, is stuff like Facebook advertising. So, you know, we did a little bit, we do Facebook advertising on the stuff that we run and we've done a pretty good job of it. And, and we've learned it. And I was teaching someone, some ba- my uncle, some basic Facebook ads for his, his store, right? I'm like, oh, you could do this. You could do this. You could do this. And he's like, how do you know all this? And I just thought, well, I've, I've just done it. I, you know, there's people who know a lot more than me. But for him, the point is, all I would have to know is more than he knows and be confident enough to do it. And, and I am. And, again, and this- or just run it to, for the convenience factor. You know, run his ad campaigns just for convenience, even right. if he and, knows that much. Right. And so I, I do think, and that's what we did. We hired someone to help yeah. us with it. We knew how to Somebody do it, from but our we community. didn't want to have to do it. Right. So there's a, I think there's a lot of cool stuff online when it comes like Facebook ads. Maybe you, maybe you know a little bit about Google AdWords. And you can learn this stuff pretty quick. There'll be courses out there. There'll be online courses that you can take. Um, you know, building websites has never been easier. If you learn some of these different things like Squarespace or Wix, you don't even have to really code, but you could go to companies who are, you know, stuck in 1995 or 2000 with their website and say so like, hey, I can create you this website. And, and, you know, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be the best web designer. You just have to know more than the people that you're helping out. And I think that's a really big thing to get past. And, and I, so that's what I would do. I would start thinking of those online skills that you could do. Um, and Facebook ads to me just seems like a no brainer because a lot of people are starting to advertise them and, you know, you can charge in a way that's fair. Like if you bring in them leads and stuff like that, they pay you. So you're kind of working on this quasi commission, but if you know what you're doing, you can make a lot of money, you know, and it's not going to cost them a lot out front, stuff like that. And you can also learn the skills for yourself so you can grow your own business with those same skills, which uh, I always love that when you when you learn something that can not only help other people, but, you know, can help you grow your own stuff. Um, Trav, when I was I worked on the road for a very long time, I managed uh, different types of events and everything. I've talked about it before, maybe on this podcast. I can't remember. Coming off of that job and getting back to Colorado and then realizing, oh, I want to travel again. I heard this term location independent. I'm like, that's the thing I want. I want location independence. I want to have full freedom to travel, not just travel like work on the road and go where they tell me. That was awesome for a period of my life, but I wanted to take it to the next level and control where I could be at whatever time, go wherever I want when I wanted. But I was thinking, how... I mean, I work at events. There's like no more location-dependent job than managing events. You're like, hey, I have to be at this place at a particular time. How can I turn my like almost 15 years of experience in the event marketing industry into a location-dependent job? And I think this is something – I'm bringing it up because I think this is something a lot of people struggle with where like I get emails from people like, well, you know, I do this and it's not location-dependent. How can I turn this – into a location independent thing. And I think sometimes it just requires a little, um, uh, thinking about Creativity it a little differently or, or yeah, yeah, maybe, outside I the mean, box just, thinking. Yeah. Just taking it and, and looking at maybe looking at it. Okay. I know how to manage an event in person. That's fine. But like, what else, what else is it that I know with, through my experience here, you know? And for me, it was like, I started ticking off these things and I'm like, okay, I know a lot of people in this industry that that's good. Like I have a lot of contacts, you know, I've built a lot of relationships over the years. Um, I've learned how to work in these corporate environments, like these marketing companies and kind of how their lingo is. I know the lingo and I can kind of figure it out. Even though I'm just a crusty road guy, I kind of know what's going on, you know? Uh, So there were all these things and 
what I decided was my first, I started my first online business for the event industry is essentially an eBay type listing service where, where these companies could list like these custom vehicles that they build, these crazy vehicles like the Wienermobile. And I would just basically broker them. So I would bring two people together. Uh, one person would, one company would want this vehicle. Uh, the other company wanted to sell it. I'd say, Hey, let's get together and we'll charge a commission. And the listing all happened online because I knew these things were all over the place and it was kind of scattered. So I saw this. I didn't know it was going to work. But what I did is I started, I just created an email address before I even had the website up. And I just started emailing people and I started talking to my contacts who I knew. And I said, hey, I'm doing this thing. Do you have anything you can list? And my listings at that point weren't even online. They were just in like Dropbox folders. And I would share them with other people and like started building an email list of my contacts. And I said, Hey, here's what I have. I went to industry trade magazines and took like the lists, their top hundred agency lists and added those emails in and just like started getting in touch with people. I didn't know if it was going to work or not. It took like a year and a half to get the first sale. But then when I did, I like it happened pretty fast and furious over a few months. I, I made a few sales and I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. This is like a real thing. And I'm just using the example not to like toot my own horn here because I had a lot of stumbling before that. But it was just that, wow, here's an industry that I thought was totally location dependent. And then when I thought about it differently and I started looking about at the peripheral things around there, the the network and the people I knew and what I might be able to bring to the table in terms of bringing people together, that was the thing that like I hit on. And I was like, wow, this is this is a thing to try. And then, of course, I had to do it. Well, and I think the important thing to pull out of that, um, besides the fact that you, you know, you tried and it took a while and all that, is that it came from connections. And I think that is a very, very overlooked. People just want to say, yeah, I'm going to start this. And I'm going to get clients. or I'm going to get customers from out there, like in, you know, like people are going to come to them. Well, that usually doesn't happen with people coming to you in the beginning. And so what you want to do is you do want to scrounge up your list however you can. Friends, family, um, social media thing. One of the things we teach is to put something out on social media. So, for example, if Siegfried or anyone out there was like, so Siegfried in in specific said, hey, I have some video editing skills. Video editing is another great idea where a lot of people want videos edited. They know nothing about it. So if you spend a little bit of time on iMovie, if you spend a little bit of time on Final Cut Pro, again, you don't have to be making stuff that looks as good as Star Wars or anything like that. All you have to do is be better than the people who are asking you to do it. And and to be a little comfortable, you might not want to charge too much in the beginning, but this is another podcast of, of figuring out how much to charge because you don't want to undersell yourself either. But you know, you get some people, you do some work there, you get better at it. And you go and you go from that, but you can't expect people to come from you. you as you mentioned in the beginning, Jeremy put it out there. You're going to have to put it out there, and you're going to have to say, "Hey, by the way, I'm starting uh, to do some video editing. First five clients, I'm going to do your video for a hundred bucks for every ten minutes, or however long the video is going to be, whatever it is." Um, and you do it, and you get better at it. And so, I, I, I definitely, I just want to preach as as we come to the end of the show. You know, there isn't a sure thing. Like we can't say, "Hey, everyone should do Amazon uh, fulfillment by Amazon," because we've seen a lot of people in our community do it and make a lot of money. No, because Siegfried tried it; he didn't really like it. Right? There have been other people who've tried it who have loved it. There have been some people who've tried it and they're like okay with it. Right? And and kind of sit in that middle ground, and that's fine. We're not going to say you should start a blog and a podcast and because that's what we did, but that doesn't work for everyone. And in fact, I probably wouldn't tell someone to do that. What we are going to say is selling your skills as a service is the most sure thing to getting 
started. And I just think there's no easier way. Yeah. And I mean, you can start up with minimal costs and get rolling right away. There are existing platforms you can offer your stuff on. Again, go listen to the Lifestyle Launch series we did in this podcast. If you want to learn more about it, we say, you know, to get your first clients, you're going to want to reach out to your initial, you know, your your immediate network. Uh, it's never been easier to get in touch with people. You know what I mean? Like the, the types of target list you would build for clients it's it, it's so easy to find it's like like i went to a trade magazine that could be like a considered a client target list you're obviously your initial network i mean just put it out on facebook hey i'm doing this thing you know and, and see you have friends of friends that that might need some help with it and you know think about video editing trav it doesn't necessarily have to be for like a company. I mean, you might maybe you're just e- editing like some family that has like a bunch of family videos. That's and what like, I was hey. actually thinking when you put it out on on Facebook or something. You'll probably get like your aunt Dorothy who's like, "Oh, we took this family trip and to Mexico, and we have all this footage. Could you edit it down to three minutes so I can show my friends?" And you'd say like, "Sure, Aunt Dorothy. Can I? You know, I'll it's charge you a hundred bucks or fifty bucks, <laughs> and then you know, and you get started. I, you know, I, obviously you can land big clients too, but." That was my initial thought is is that you're going to start that way. And yeah, and I mean, fine. the other thing I would say that's like really cool is once you get started is you do get better, like give yourself the suck permission in the beginning, you know, like you're going to suck at different things, whether it's like the actual thing that you're doing or maybe it's dealing with the clients. Everybody has their different strengths, right? But you will learn and you will keep making mistakes and we'll learn some more. This is what the whole process is. And in that way, that's what I love about business because it's just like travel. It's like you learn so much along the journey. You know, it's not like the end destination. It's the the journey along the way and you just get better at, at business and then you get suckier at certain things. You start new things. You're not good at them. Then then you're okay at them and then you're be- – you know, and it's like just this ever-evolving thing and it's really cool for – uh for self growth and for um, your potential down the road for actually sustaining like a long-term location, independent lifestyle. Yeah. You get some opinions, you make your best guess, you go knock down that wall and you cross your fingers. Um, And uh, so the takeaway, you know, is that there is no sure thing. We always preach selling your skill as a service in the beginning to get started before making a product or anything like that. That's a little further down the road. And, uh, and do what we just said. Take Write down the three things people ask your advice for on, um, and then write down your three hobbies. And if you are looking to do a new skill like Siegfried was talking about, you know, we, people always say, oh, you shouldn't build a business around your passion. Oh, yeah, you should build a business around your passion. Well, listen, if you're going to learn a new skill, at least start with something you're interested in, whether that becomes your thing down the road or not. So, so really be cognizant of what are my hobbies? What do I like? If I am going to learn a skill, don't just learn web design because you think it's really easy way to make money if you absolutely hate it. Now, if you're intrigued by it, great. So, I mean, make sure you think yeah, that. You'll be, you'll be more apt to go down those rabbit holes and, and actually provide a good service for some clients. Yeah. So, there you go. That's the most sure way to do it. Um, definitely, if you have existing skills, start using them. And you probably do have more skills than you think. Because, again, to be an expert, you just have to know more than the people who you're working with or teaching or anything like that. And then if you are looking for new skills, go after a hobby. Write down some, um, some hobbies and start looking into that. And selling your uh, skills as a service is the most sure thing that we can preach to start a location-independent lifestyle. My buzzer just went off. We appreciate you uh, hanging out with us for this show, this 30 Minutes of Fun. And Trav, you want to 
finish up this podcast? Are we done? I mean, I feel like this is a topic we could definitely talk about for another hour, but we're done. We're done. That's the most, that's the most sure way. And check out, um, if you, if you're really stuck for ideas, check out side hustle nation, um, dot com slash ideas. And that's that list of 99 things that I mentioned. It'll just give you some ideas, uh, to, to get your brain started. Um, and if you surround yourself with people who are already doing it, like people inside of Location Indie, that's going to help you start the wheels turning as well. So, Siegfried, thanks for the question. I know where you're at. We've all been there. There is no sure thing, but that's the best thing that we can tell you. And uh, other people who have done it successfully, Jeremy and Greg and other people like that, echo that sentiment that the easiest way is to start using your skills. So thank you guys for joining us today. Appreciate it. And um, if you want to come by and risk your life in the third (laughs) floor suite, welcome. If you're up for a real adventure. Cheers. Peace.